Hello and welcome to the Emerging Leaders Podcast, an official podcast of Fisher Homes where we collect wisdom, strategies, and insights from proven and successful leaders to help you go further and faster as a leader. I'm your host, Tom Hansen. I have an amazing episode for you today. I had a chance to sit down with Dave Stroop. Dave is the Vice President of Construction and Development here at Fisher Homes. And in this episode, we talk about how Dave advanced his career from surveying all the way to the VP of Construction and Development. We also talk about how Dave understands that stress is a choice, and he does this while he manages lots of ongoing projects spanning huge geographic areas. And then we also talk about how mutual respect should be there between leaders and their teams. As always, I've timestamped our conversation in the description below if you want to jump around. Also, please stick around to the end of the episode because I'm going to summarize some of Dave's thoughts and also give you takeaways to grow as a leader. But with that, let me jump to my conversation with Dave. Dave Stroop, thank you so much for sitting down with me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I had an email come in my inbox that said, Dave Stroop, Promotion VP of Construction and Development. So congratulations, first of all. That's awesome. But talk to me a little bit about that. Was that something that was in the works for a while? Was that a surprise? Yeah, give me some details. Yeah, so anyway, thank you for inviting me, and uh, this is amazing. I love, I love radio. Uh, I haven't got into any major podcasts, but I do listen to a, a certain radio performer daily and his interviews, and I enjoy them. Yeah, so, uh, that's great. It, it's exciting for me to Podcast take part. is the future, man. Yeah, that's I know where it. it's at. I know it. Um, <laughs> good thing it wasn't around so many years ago, or I might have went in that direction in my career, but I'm much better at development. So Hey, you know what? A development podcast. There I'm you telling go. you right there, that's That'd it. be a good idea. <laughs> I have a lot of knowledge that I've gained, uh, especially working here at Fisher. For sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the vice president job was uh, the next natural progression in my career. Yeah. Um, I've been in construction. I've construction superintendent here, a field land um, land manager, I guess they call him now, field manager. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, assumed the construction manager role, which I've been uh, the construction manager for the last six years here in wow. northern Kentucky and Cincinnati markets. Um, but so talk t- to me about the difference between the, the construction manager and kind of the land role versus the home building role. Well, first off, I'm one uh, one guy who is the construction manager for Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, and home building has four construction managers in that same geographical region wow. that I cover. So yeah. I'm one guy doing the same region as four guys. Um, yeah. And uh, but uh, I'd say building a house may be a little bit more difficult, and you're dealing with a lot more customers and things than me out in the middle of a field putting in some roads and some utilities. So. But man, it's cool. I was just out in Arcadia and just seeing those big machines work. And yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, there's there's big jobs like Arcadia and Tuscany where we're really moving mountains. I mean, literally yeah. mountains. You're knocking off a knob and and placing it so that we can put a road on it and utilities through it. So it's uh, it's amazing stuff. That's fascinating. Just reshaping the land and all of that. Yeah. And so it sounded like you had a progression here at Fisher Homes, but. Uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit more about your career progression. What, what, where were you before you came into Fisher Homes? And- yeah, so I was a surveyor. I'm a licensed professional surveyor in okay. the state of Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I never have pursued my Ohio because I never really thought I would just be a professional surveyor. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of uh, 
from the time I started in, I went to Cincinnati State and I had a co-op program and my, you would go to school for three months and then you'd be co-op in three months. And I went instantly to a survey crew and they were a, a consultant that we use today, Baron Becker. And um, I did a lot of layout, construction layout. So the guy that was actually putting stakes in the ground for these machines to move the dirt to and where to put the utilities in. And uh, I, I just fell in love with it. I started wow. started doing that. And uh, as I progressed through college, I became promoted to a field crew chief. So I yeah. led a survey crew and was, was doing a lot of layout in subdivisions. Um, so it just always, um, from that, it just it hooked me right, right from doing wow. that. You know, um, when I first got into college, I thought I wanted to be an architect and all this stuff. And my, yeah. my own high school architect teacher said, eh, you're not really good at drawing lines <laughs> and things, so maybe you should try construction management. And that's what I went in for. Wow. And there was no construction manager co-ops. There was only surveying co-ops. So I started as a survey crew and uh, hmm. was pretty good at it and progressed to a level where they made me a, a manager. And then uh, um, subsequently, I had a long career in that, was good at that. And then uh, here I went back to school to get my construction management degree. And now I'm a construction manager for the last six years at Fisher. So it's wow. kind of starting construction management, went surveying, and then back to construction management. Yeah, you know, I feel like so many people, that's an awesome story. And I think a lot of people would wish that that was part of their story where it sounded like you had some clarity, you knew where you were going, you got into surveying, but then you said you had this like, I loved it. I yeah. just it was it was it for me. And so what what was it that really hooked you? And do you have any advice for someone who maybe is outside of land, outside of construction? Like how how does one find that career that just hooks them? You yeah. know? What 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 do you think about that? Well, uh, as a kid, I grew up playing in the woods and things, and there was some new developments around my house. So maybe that was the neat thing to go there and say, oh, my God, look, all these trees are gone, and now they're building stuff. And what are they building? And I was always interested in building things in two. And yeah. we may or may not have taken a couple pieces of wood from them to build a <laughs> fort or two in the woods. Um, but uh, just, yeah, I'm sure your est the estimators there were kind of like, what, what's going yeah, on? <laughs> missing some two-by-fours and things, and these kids with uh, some nails. But uh I just always love building things and then seeing that that you know house is getting built near nearby through the, just right you know a mile through the woods uh, was just interesting to me and then when I got out on the construction site and uh, you know learning how to stake things and then seeing those stakes turn into a road and a sewer and all those yeah. things that you're you're just banging stakes in the ground and then six months a year from now you drive down now they're building houses on it and you're like you just have vivid memories of sludging through the mud putting stakes in the ground banging in the rocks that you can't get stakes in <laughs> and then it turns out to be something you can drive by to your wife or your you know whoever and say well, I, you know i laid out that place you know i did yeah. survey work on that you know i worked on the reds ballpark and i laid out every single row of the upper deck all the way around i had to give them lines so that they could set the seats right in, in the stadium up there and just every time i go there i just remember climbing up those raker beams to put in these lines so that those guys can put the seats in place that's incredible and uh it's just i uh, just i just love construction and i love right. love the you know 
I love being able to point out that I touch something on projects. Yeah, I think uh, my dad was an iron worker and in construction and different things like that. And you know, I think what you're describing is exactly what a kid who grows up in that world. It's like you just drive around town. And you're like, put the roof on that house. Yeah, ran the wiring in that one over there. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of pride. You know, and right. I. You know, I think that is something that a lot of people don't get to experience. You know, for me, it's like, oh, I sent 60 emails today. <laughs> you know, like, there's, I can't point to it. I can't pull my kids aside and go, look at all those emails out in the field. Yeah. You see where I put all those emails? Right. No, but that's cool. That's, that's really, it's really exciting. Yeah, speaking of kids, what's funny is uh, my daughter, she's six now, and uh, I lived in one of our Fisher communities, and we purchased the land behind my house that I built. And uh, we went to develop it, i.e. knock the trees down to get ready. And she got so mad at me. And she's like, Dad, where are the deer going to go now? And she was just like, you know, and I felt like really bad. Like, well, this kind of pays for what we do. You know, it's, <laughs> I'm a developer and the deer have all those other woods over there. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of the family business. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to start liking this. That's hilarious. <laughs> so um, in your role... What is something surprising that few people would guess or understand about your role? Uh, I think, um, well, as a construction manager, I think just what I said before, the geographical range of how many lots that me and two other guys manage through right. the, the build process. Um, it was myself and two field managers, and we covered everything that we do in this local market from Springboro down to Florence and everything in between, out to Batavia wow. and out to uh, Indiana. So really that whole 275 loop, I managed most of that. And it's, you know, we did over 700 lots of development this year. And I don't wow. know that people recognize or maybe realize how much that just three guys really manage wow. um, through. Yeah. So. And so when you're managing that much stuff over a geographical area, um, obviously you've been successful at it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what, how do, you, how do you handle all that? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm a guy that doesn't get stressed out um, very oh, wow. easily. I just uh, I see a problem, I try to fix the problem and move on. Um, right. You know, uh, if I don't have the answer to the problem, we have an amazing team here in GCL, um, and and Todd and great mentors that can have been through probably something that you're dealing with and right. are not afraid to get right in there with you and help you out. And right. uh, so. Those types of support that I have um, keeps my stress level low. Right. And uh, I have a really good team of guys underneath me that uh, I've trained and, and put in position to be successful themselves. And they, uh, we just have really good communication. Right. Um, we talk all the time. Uh, it's not always about work. You got to have a little bit of fun and some friendship with that. And yeah. I think that. Uh, my guys would say I'm a really good boss and they like working for me and uh, I enjoy them as well. Yeah, that's great. You know, we just uh, went through this book, uh, QBQ, The Question Behind the Question. One of the really challenging thoughts in there is that stress is a choice. Yeah. That's hard to hear. Yeah. You know, because I think, you know, stress is a reaction often. That's how we feel at least. Uh, not that it's a choice, but it's a reaction to our environment. Um, but, you know, I heard one time, you know, they kind of compared it to a, uh, a waitress in a restaurant. You know, if you had if you had 10 tables, you're waiting on 10 tables in a restaurant, you'd be stressed. Yeah. But is there a waitress or a waiter that could handle 10 tables and not be stressed? Right. Of course there is, right? Yes. There's, some, there's some way of engaging that issue 
where you could walk away with less stress, and therefore, stress is a choice. Right. And that's 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 hard. But I think if you've got to really accept that, if you're really going to get yourself out of the the stressful cycles that you find yourself in, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's funny. My mom was actually a waitress when I was born, and uh, she was very good at it. Obviously, she saw better and, and progressed her career in another direction and, and moved up really high in the sales uh, rule with a company. But, uh, you know, she was one that could handle that stress. So maybe it's, you know, built in, built it's in, in. It's in the DNA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. And so what, what's a recent, um, kind of big challenge that, that you've run into and in, in your role and then, and then how are you working through it or how did you work through it? Most of my career in, in fish or in development are a lot of unknown things and things mm. that are thrown at you that you have to uh, react to and move forward with. Um, development's a, it's a risky business, and there's always things that you know that pop up. Um, uh, surprisingly, this year has been very uh, smooth. Um, well, it good. seems to go in uh, ups and downs. One year you'll have. Uh, just a crazy two or three jobs that are like, oh my gosh, and then how are we going to fix that? Or all of a sudden, this municipality wants to throw a curveball at you and say, oh, you can't do the water line that way. You have to run it all the way through here. And then you've got to go talk to Todd about why we're throwing $100,000 extra in costs in the job. You know, things right. like that come up uh, randomly. Yeah, yeah, we've had um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you dig down and we had a project over in uh, the east side of Cincinnati, and there was this uh, random, like, 40-foot deep well, like, right where our road was getting ready to come through, and we had to mitigate that. So we had to get a hold of the county and, and speak to them how they would prefer us to do that uh, properly. And so, yeah, I mean, we've had many wells and, and things like that, and septic systems, and never a buried house, but uh, <laughs> definitely some big chunks of uh, foundation and things that we've encountered yeah. that we've had to get rid of. Yeah, absolutely. So changing gears to kind of just talk about leadership, what is one characteristic that you believe that every leader should possess? Uh, respect um, is a big thing for me. Um, give in and, um, you know, give and take or earn respect. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the field managers that work for me, they know that I've done their job prior to them. I mm. was the field manager um, for GCL. And uh, so they respect the experience and, and knowledge that I'm giving them. And then them, you know, the work ethic and, and uh, their work ethic, and they see my work ethic, and they know that they can respect me as a guy that's done it, that's working mm -hmm. hard, I'm right alongside of them. Um, so I would say respect is probably a, a, a big characteristic. Um, you know, that's something that's popped up in several podcasts, but, you know, how important do you believe it is for leaders to have done or been in the shoes of the people that are kind of like following them? Yeah. Do you find that to be I think really it's crucial? really important, yeah. I mean, yeah. You look at a guy like Brian Johnson who started all the way at the bottom and worked up and every one of his people that report to him, he's probably done their job. Uh, maybe not in the sales side, but in the building world, he's done you know, every bit of that. Yeah. So he knows what he's talking about when he uh, has a problem or a project and a discussion about it. So, uh, you know, my guys know that I've done that and I think it's, I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, it, 
It's also better for your team, I believe. Um, you bring a guy in from external of the company and then put him in a seat that's higher, and he uh, has his way of doing things, and it it takes your guys back maybe a little bit to embrace them or really try to learn or earn their respect um, right. or gain the respect, I guess. So uh, yeah, I it's, think it's I think it's important. So it's it's almost like a good application would be I mean if someone's seeking leadership, the only way to get to the point where you're experiencing is like you've got to put in some time and you've got to experience you got to go from the bottom to the top. Yeah, and you got to be okay with that for sure. I think a lot of people are wanting that they're wanting to skip roles and jump steps and get to a leadership position as quickly as possible. But right. I think you sounds like you would lose a lot of effectiveness if you. Yeah, I mean. If somebody's thinking, oh, uh, I don't see an upward trajectory, I'm just going to go jump over here and be a construction manager over here because I think I'm ready for it. And that may or may not go well for you. I mean, it's really the team that's in place that now you're <laughs> in charge of, and maybe you you haven't uh, led a team before, and that's why you weren't at that that level. So um, there's it, it's all a learning curve and experiences that you progress through. So... Um when you kind of think about your career, uh, what's what's the most important lesson that you remember and what was life like before and after? How did it impact you? Yeah, um, I think thinking back to my survey career, um, I was really good at construction layout, which means I kept all my eggs in a basket um, mm. and focused on that. And then in the downturn of 0809, when basically construction really stalled considerably, I was laid off and I said, uh-oh, what am I going to do now? Right. And from that point on, I really have tried to be more diverse in everything that I'm learning. Hmm. Um, and then uh, went back and got my, my degree and my survey license and, um, again, was put in that position where I was just doing surveying stuff um, in a very direct way. And I, I just wanted more, and I, I wanted to be, I wanted to expand. Um, right. So I started searching and found Fisher, and uh, came aboard at Fisher, and I've spent most of my time here just trying to be good at multiple things and not perfect at one thing. So. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so crazy. Just how often that has also come up in podcasts is just the value of diversity yeah. and diversifying your knowledge, your experience, and different things like that. Well, Dave, it's that time. It's time for the bag of questions. Are you ready for it? I am uh, not, but let's go. <laughs> let's do it. That's right. That's how everyone feels at the beginning of the bag of questions. Yeah. So here we go. So Good. what would you choose as your last meal? My last meal. Uh, it's funny. We In GCL, we used to do this team building um, exercise before every staff meeting. And this came up as a question before. Oh, really? Um, okay. Because we used to, you know, each... Each staff meeting, we would have somebody come up with a question for the group, right? Yeah. As uh, like these. Um, so I'm trying to remember back to what I said because we did have this question, of course. <laughs> um, I, I'm a ribeye guy. I probably love a nice big ribeye. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, some mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, extra lumpy mashed potatoes and, uh, you know, some kind of green beans or asparagus or something like yeah. that would be be good. So here's my question for you. Where do you get the best ribeye? around i'm always looking for good spots where's your go-to spot you know i'm still looking for it i make a pretty good steak on my my grill um oh you're uh, just making it at home huh yeah yeah but uh i live right i mean literally 
uh, 100 yards from the precinct. Yeah. And uh, my experience has not been as great there as most people, and most people absolutely love the precinct. Right. Um, I went to Tony's recently for my birthday here at the beginning of the month, and uh, it's up in Montgomery. And I had a ribeye there. It was pretty good. Um, and then down here at Walt's Hitching Post, I think it's called. Yeah, Walt's. Yeah, yeah. That's my new I've, spot. I yeah, love Walt's. I've had Waltz. there, and yeah. that, that's pretty good, too. So, so probably what's one a, of those. What's a Dave's Stroop uh, ribeye grilling experience like? Walk me through that. So what are the stages? How do you get that perfect steak? So I like to marinate, you know, at least overnight. So you um, marinate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, throw it, throw it in a bag with um, some, like, steak and chop, um, like sauce, and get, that, yeah. get the meat. Um, kind of beat the meat up a little bit and tenderize yeah. it and let it sit overnight and then throw it on that grill and uh, uh, the key is not to keep flipping the steak a lot of people like to play on grills that's no, really that's there hard. To cook. I just, I'm there I'm just like I want to be there <laughs> yeah. messing with it yeah no you throw it on and let it let it cook and then flip it over one time and let it cook and then pull that thing off and it keeps those juices in there and it's Man, just amazing that sounds awesome all right next question here it is if you could learn any one skill in the world without trying, so we're talking matrix style, you just you know it. You just flick a switch, know a, know a new skill, what would you pick? Drums. I've the always drums? wanted to play drums. Okay. I think it would be so cool to be Lars Ulrich and Metallica and playing drums. Oh, that would, that would awesome. Be so fun. Did you ever play any instruments or anything? No, not really. I'm always uh, more of a sports guy and a ball guy. I played baseball and basketball and football and just yeah. uh, really was my calling. My dad was that way. And um, I don't know, I guess we didn't, we just weren't really a musical family. But yeah. now you look back and you're like, I wasted, not wasted, but I did all this time in sports. And man, if I would have just picked up the sticks and hit some, hit some drums for a while, yeah. it sure would have been uh, really exciting to be able to just Hey, come here and look at this, and you know, just like, show my daughter that I can play drums and get her into it or something. That's awesome. All right, uh, last question: What's your most unusual talent? Most unusual talent? I guess I'm really good at bowling. Um, bowling? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, my dad was a really great bowler locally in the city, and uh, I don't quite have his prowess, but I'm pretty good myself. Uh, not, uh, Amy Nordmeyer, not Amy Nordmeyer. Not Amy Nordmeyer. Good, but uh, <laughs> I'm probably a two fifteen average bowler. Whoa. Okay. Um, so nice. Yeah, bowling is uh, is something that uh, my dad had a lot of passion and did a lot, and yeah. I spent a lot of my time rebelling against that because I didn't want to just be like him. <laughs> and then, um, turns out I'm pretty good at it too. So um, yeah. I do partake in a league usually um, in the in the fall, um, one night a week just to get out with the guys and. And have fun, but uh, I'm pretty decent bowler. Nice. All right. Well, Dave, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, great insights. Congratulations on the position. It sounds like, you know, it's going to be an amazing, great fit for you. Yes. Expand your radius a little more. Yeah, super excited about it. Uh, there's a great team in place, and I can't wait to get to know everybody on the team better and uh, work with them intimately and try to really put out the best uh, products for Fisher Homes, their customer, and get uh, you know the best lots on the ground that meets their expectation, exceeds it, and uh, they really appreciate what we do for them. Man, I love talking to Dave because it really just sounds like he's in his element. He understands how he is to be a leader, how he's able to relate to his team, and it's all working really well. And that's exciting. And I think that's what happens when you've reached what's called 
self-actualization. That's when you understand yourself to the point where you can be fully released in your skills and strengths and manage your weaknesses. And I think a big part of that is understanding your leadership style. I don't know if that's ever something that you've ever engaged in, but I think it's really important. You know, everyone is very unique, right? And some people lead in certain ways and others lead in others. And that doesn't make one person or one leader better than another. It just makes them different. I think that's the big breakthrough for a leader. When you stop comparing yourself to others, when you stop comparing yourself to past leaders that you've had, when you stop copying people just because that's all that you've seen, and you really start understanding yourself and become self-actualized when you fully release into your leadership style. So I got a little bit of homework for you. In the description, I've given you a leadership style quiz. There's lots of these online. I played around with a few of them. I like this one the most. I think it's pretty simple and straightforward, and it takes just a few minutes. But what you can do here is answer a few questions by clicking this link, and it will show you your leadership style. And just know that that's yours. That's unique compared to everyone else. And what your job should be is to become the best style leader that you can. And this quiz is going to help you do what I think is so important for a leader to do. Understand yourself so that you can relate to your team better. You know, release yourself into your strengths, manage your weaknesses, and stop copying and comparing yourself to others around you. Well, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have thoughts or questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me, Tom, at thanson at fisherhomes.com. Specifically, I would love to know, who would you like to hear on this podcast and what questions would you like me to ask them? Also, please keep an eye out for Emerging Leaders events. These are events we do at Fisher Homes to help you connect, grow, and get resources as a leader. So if you ever see an event invite come through, be sure to participate. And as always, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast and whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. But with that, find your leadership style, become self-actualized. Talk to you next time. Bye.